You are now listening to Rest Days. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's important for us to note that some of the topics we cover could be triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Rest Days. Today is an exciting day. We are here with our first ever Rest Days guest. We'll introduce her in a second. First, my name is Maria Sylvester Terry and I'm here with my wonderful co-host. Hello, I'm Lauren Lavelle. And we cannot wait for you to hear all about and from the brilliant, inspiring Nikki Pebbles. In this episode, we're talking about seeing beyond goals and even beyond habits, which is a real mind blower for me. Making neutral affirmations of positive affirmations feel really yuck and corny to you. And we talk a little bit about a new way to craft that voice inside your head. Of course, there is a very special Patreon episode out of this, so we recommend that you join. So you can get the full episode, a little about Nikki. You can find more about her on her TikTok and Instagram at Nikki Pebbles. We highly recommend you do that. Nikki has a master's of science in industrial organizational psychology, and she's also a special populations personal trainer. She is a rock star in the world of personal development and movement. So of course, she's here with us. And Lauren, she's here with us, not just because she's fantastic, but you also (laughs) know Nikki on a personal level, right? Yes, we know each other in real life, which is which feels pretty rare with like, the connections that I have these days. I mean, obviously, I know you in real life, but we're far away from each other. Um, But I think that Meeting Nikki, I met Nikki in like 2019 at a shoot, at a magazine shoot. Cool. um, She just, she's one of those people, like I explain it, like she could have been like your sleepover camp friend and you never talked to her again, (laughs) but instead we stayed connected and we just realized that our businesses had so much in common. She's really been a motivational and inspirational person to be friends with over the years. Mm-hmm. And would you say that part of this conversation we're having today and I mean, really the podcast and all of our listeners, I mean, Nikki's really a huge part of us even being here right now, right? Yes. I think that she had such a, a good influence. She definitely influenced me uh, <laughs> during, during the beginning of the pandemic when we were bringing our teaching online. Nikki was really like a trailblazer for technology and I could always rely on her to be having the best mic, knowing the best technology to use. And even um, when it came to starting my membership, she had a membership and was like walking me through how to start mine. So a lot of folks who listen to this podcast would probably not be listening if I didn't have a friend who is on the edge of tech and fitness. And I'm so happy to have this conversation with her today. It's very exciting. Yeah. Oh, I just, I got chills when you said that. So Nikki's so important to me, obviously, (laughs) to all of us. Um, So we are thrilled to have her. She is the most common sense first guest for us as a result of everything you just said. And we are going to get started with clickbait. Yay. All right, y'all. This week, 
I will be delivering clickbait. Uh, our clickbait is always something that we will offer to guests. Uh, well, obviously, Lauren and I will go back and forth. This week, we're just going to do one, and it's a big one. Uh, it matters to me a lot because I love my face. And I know Lauren and I have talked a lot about uh, your face structure, collagen, your cheeks. And this was the week I got hit with a lot of buckle fat removal information clickbait. Did not like, zero out of 10, do not recommend. If you are somebody who is like, I've been calling it buccal. Okay, yes, same. I recently learned that it's buckle. Uh, buckle <laughs> the fuck up is what I'm about to say. So I read it through um, a really beautiful post that says your buckle fat is beautiful. But within that post, um, there's all the clickbait and a lot of photos, mostly of celebrities that are getting the, you know, like sweet baby cheek part of your face removed, like removing fat deposits from your face. So yes, as you can it's see giving, on Patreon. It's giving, it's giving Skeletor. <laughs> it's giving Scream. Do you want to be your favorite 90s movie character? Because now you can. Um, and y'all, the saddest part about this is it's really like you're doing it for the now. I guess if you're truly in that yellow spirit, removing your, buck your buckle fat is about like you looking a certain way now, achieving this like heavy cheekbone look but it, it's it essentially zaps you of your youth like i want these cheeks when i'm 75 and guess right. what i might freaking have them because i've already had them for 32 years so they are a part of my face i think the reason why i'm bringing it up as clickbait is because it's yet another attack on a part of your body that you probably thought was safe and it's not um it's also very trendy and like in a couple years is this trend going to be uh, something else and then you're going to be part of that fat of people that got their buckle fat removed and it's like oh wait now I have to get a whole new set of dermatological recommendations to make my face look younger because five years ago I wanted it to look thinner I wanted it to look skeletal and it's really strange looking it's very Tom Brady um Tom Brady <laughs> has a great great photo and someone uh, at Tincture Drone on Twitter said they did buckle fat removal on a grape. <laughs> That's the, the picture. Um, and you can just go through and read some of these tweets on red underscore receipts uh, post from a couple days ago. Uh, and it really just, it makes me sad. Um, one, one thing that I notice is like, it really pulls away from, you know, if you are attracted to someone with a, like a fuller face, it's also like, what is that not? okay like it really pulls at people's not only the people who have the face but the people that like find it attractive it's actually kind of saying you know this isn't in and you shouldn't be attracted to it um another great thing that i'll end with <laughs> for y'all to see is a tweet that says imagine <laughs> imagine their buckle fat removal <laughs> it's a bunch of cabbage patch kids <laughs> <laughs> y'all i just no. like, yeah so okay like, well as, as a round face baddie you know like yes, i really hear it um i've been had this face since i was born for real for real like we can throw up the old uh photos of me that this is the same face for 30 plus years bless but, it bless um, it i think it's really interesting because it seems like a it it seems like it's a step further than it needs to be because we have the ability to like contour right like yeah I could probably learn how to contour my face so it looked a little bit less like the round face baddie that it is but like 
that would be the maybe alternative to doing something that's a surgical procedure that feels like, you know, number one, really expensive. And number two, like kind of just, uh, you know, another fix for your body, which like would assume that you're, there's something wrong. Yes. It's like truly exhausting. I mean, okay. Never ends. I'm glad we're talking about this because I was actually speaking. So part of my thesis from grad school was talking about how body image affects leadership within the workplace with, with women. Mm. And I find it so interesting. Like when I first started on TikTok. now before I was on TikTok, I, I never thought about my face. Like I never thought about like, my forehead <laughs> you're wrinkles. like anything else anything else like i like i mean i have body image issues but ne- it was never about like oh how my face looks and once i got on tiktok it was like what focusing yeah. on this cream and, and i truly do believe like skincare is the new diet culture like it truly is the new diet culture where you know back in the day back in the day quote unquote right like when we were younger, I remember the Kellogg's diet. I remember all of these Mm -hmm. stupid diets just to get thin. And then we look at now it's like skincare because Uh millennials are getting older. Right. And it's, Oh my God, how can I do this? And it all just makes sense in the fact that the fashion trends now are coming back from early two thousands and back in early two thousands, it was low rise jeans and thinness. It makes sense as to why this is happening. Not that it makes mm. it any better, but no. <laughs> but it, not at all. But it's just, to me, it's just such a big eye roll. Like, shut up. Yeah. I love my chubby cheeks. I love my chubby cheeks. Go away. I, I will live with the chubby cheeks for the rest of my life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> hey, like, they're cute. Are you kidding? I don't know. We it's need exhausting. that. We need, I mean, like, it's our natural faces. And I mean, like, look at us kicking off right away with Nikki having studies. But, you know, uh, <laughs> Nikki coming with the studies right into the into the clickbait. But if you all were not aware, we have Nikki Pebbles with us today. She is going to be taking us through some of what she does and starting off right away is like these studies and like the psychological effects of this kind of stuff and how it looks and also some amazing things around values and habits that can really be applied to different parts of your life, whether it is a skincare routine that is made for you and not for other people or a movement routine that's made for you or a cleaning schedule that's made for you mm-hmm. because that's something that I'm interested in talking about. But I think that, yeah, to end our clickbait, you know, let's stick with the, let's stick with all the cheeks that we have, you know? The, one, yes. the ones on our faces and elsewhere. Yeah. Just stick right. with them. Stick with <laughs> ours. <laughs> we are rocking with them. Let's roll into some of uh, what Nikki does. Nikki, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do and how you're applying your education to what you're doing now and how you're applying your, your education to movement? Mm-hmm. So I have a master's degree in industrial organizational psychology, which basically is like the study of the workplace and how, again, organizations and employees within the workplace. I also have a background in special populations fitness. So been a fitness instructor for like close to 13 years and then which is a lot. <laughs> and then and then studying psychology, yes. it's a lot. <laughs> but 
what I have always been really interested in, and especially what I do now is like a, I guess I would call myself like a mental performance practitioner is like focusing on helping people work with their brain instead of against it. And that could be mm. both in fitness and in movement and just in daily life. Um, right. Cause that could be really hard. And, and I look at, I'm not one, especially with how my brain works of like focusing on, <laughs> focusing on goals because I think goals are really, really overwhelming. And I think of it almost like, like Legos spread out all over the place on the floor. And like, you know, when every like Legos are all over the floor and then you step on one, you're like, oh my God, shit. Like it's, it can be more <laughs> of a painful experience than a beneficial one, right? So I teach people basically how to stack their Legos to make really cool buildings and things in their life. Yes. Incredible. I love that. I think that uh, I think about my brain in different ways as well. Like maybe not the Lego thing, but like all of these different <laughs> things, like all of the pieces of our lives that are so much like that create the whole of who we are. And it looks different for every person, right? We like, we all stack our Legos a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's really great. How then do you think about this when it comes to habits? So I look at I look at it more in terms of routines than habits. I think you have to build a routine oh. before you bring it to the habits. So put it in this way, right? How and do I, you build a routine? <laughs> I, I, will, I will tell you. So looking at it in both a neurotypical versus a neurodiverse way, right? Like so neurotypical people, they have, we all have something called executive uh, function, right? There's six versions of that, six different parts of that. So a, a neurotypical person would be like, oh, I have to take out the trash. Let me go take the trash out. Or, oh, wow, the laundry has to get done. Let me go do that. Someone who is neurodiverse has difficulty with initiating it because there is a impact within that, that function, right? Like we have trouble with that effort things like that. So basically, in order to do that initiation, we have to build a routine before we even get into like a habit or goals, which bringing back to the Lego example, right, we have the Legos all over the place, the goal is to stack them. So we stack them by creating habit on top of habit on top of habit. So let's say, for example, you want to meditate, that's your goal, I really want to meditate. Okay, great. We then have to create that within the routine. So let's say we wake up, cool, that's automatic. We brush our teeth, cool, that's part of your routine. Now we have to get that meditation, that next Lego on top. So it's gonna take a little bit, right? But we're gonna use alarms, we're gonna use sticky notes, we're gonna use different things to trigger our brain to get that to be automatic, AKA put that Lego onto the stack to build that building to a point where it becomes automatic. Right. So the goal is to pick each Lego piece up and build, build, build. I cannot emphasize this enough. You can only do this with one Lego at a time. Right. When we're mm -hmm. building a routine. So many times you want to take all the Legos and put them on top of each other. And again, as someone who is neurodivergent, that's like my first instinct to want to do that but we have to build it one at a time. And then it gets to a point when it's automatic, we don't have to rely on that executive function to get us to do it because 
we're initiating through basically a routine, not through just like, oh, I have mm. to do this. Does that make sense? So it becomes yeah. automated. Yeah. I love that. I'm really glad that you walked us through with the Legos throughout because I'm a visualizer and that was really yeah. helpful. It yeah. sounds like when we stack too many Legos, it turns into Jenga. That was another image I got. Yes. Um, so we're trying to avoid that. I have a yeah. very specific question that I think yeah. our audience would probably ask about this, okay. which is you mentioned alarms and post-it notes. Like we're obviously going to fail a few times. We're yeah. going to not do the thing. Um, a lot of folks in our audience are actively working to not participate in dieting and all of the structures that that brought them. And sometimes those structures can feel triggering without necessarily them being bad, right? So maybe an alarm, like to drink more water or being reminded or leaving post-its up. I'm curious, you know, how do how would you recommend to someone who's like, listen, I don't want to do any structure. Structure is bad. Like, can you tell us a little bit like how to reframe structure, how to reframe reminders? Yeah. Um, maybe it's like avoiding tracking or like whatever that might be or using tracking in a, in a more intentional way. But I find that as a dietitian who sees clients, that's one of my biggest hurdles is folks being like, nope, that sounds annoying and I don't want anyone telling me what to do because I'm finally reclaiming my body. Even me. I don't want me telling me what to do. <laughs> well, that's, Sorry, because, that's, because you're, that's because you're a Sagittarius. <laughs> okay. Fair. 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 I know your it's big true. three. Your big three screens don't tell me what to do. <laughs> That is true. But with flair. But with flair. Um, so, yeah, no, I completely get that. And as someone who I consider myself very much like a rebel by by default, um, I really don't like being told what to do. However, when I've learned, I had to really step back and think to myself, instead of thinking, and this is this can be found a lot in diet culture in general, is... I want to be the best version of me and structure is going to help me be the best version of me. I don't like using that language and turning that language more so into, I want to do what's going to help me respect myself more. What's going to help mm. me respect myself a little bit more. What's going to help me work with myself a little bit more. When I frame it like that, it makes it feel so much more like a, a quilt around me that's supporting me versus someone being like, this is what you should do because no one likes that. So I think of structure, I think of routines as a gentle parent that's helping me because really at the end of the day, we're all just like little six-year-olds who are just trying to like be adults. Right. And, and when we can take it down to that level of being like, okay, I know you want to do this or I know you're fighting against this, but let's just try this out in a really gentle way. And I like to use gentle accountability versus like hard love or, or things like that. And that gentle accountability really helps with this because I think structure and routine doesn't work or it feels triggering to people because when they fail, it becomes this voice of you suck. I can't believe you did this again. I can't believe you failed at this again because that's what we're constantly told. When you change that framework to gentle accountability, which is just you're still holding yourself, quote unquote, accountable, but you're being flexible with the outcomes, meaning you're being compassionate with the outcome. 
There's flexibility there. So it's learning how to be compassionate with those outcomes. Yeah, maybe you're going to mess up a couple of times and that's okay. That doesn't make you bad, right? So it's replacing that self-talk with neutral self-talk. It replaces that accountability with gentle accountability. So if you see the pattern of this, it's it's so much deeper than just a routine. It's so much deeper than structure. Structure is actually a beautiful thing, but there has to be flexibility within the structure. And I think that's what gives us the power is that flexibility of being compassionate towards ourselves. Yes. I love it. I love, Thank you. That I was love such a beautiful answer. Thank I you. think that that's definitely how I've been trying to operate more and more like balancing the idea of being a business owner of being this of being that and like trying to feed myself like a normal adult like just all the things like you know the amount of days that I look up and it's 4 p.m and it's like well another 4 p.m lunch has rolled around like you know sometimes you just have to be like lunch is when I'm eating lunch at this point, like, mm -hmm. but I'm getting it done. And we're going to try again tomorrow to have like something at a more regular spaced out time. So I appreciate the, the gentleness, because I think that a lot of us feel that like, harder, tough love, like coach, coach in your head, like, oh, and it's just, it's so old and so tired. And so like, <laughs> it doesn't not work. It. it does not no. work. Like research literally shows that like tough love does not work at all. It's just that again, when you're raised with that thought process and then you surround yourself with people that reiterate that, you think that's normal. Quote, I don't mm -hmm. like using the word normal, but like for this instance, let's just use it. Like you think it's that normalized. That is, yeah, it's normalized. It's acceptable. That's a better word. It's accepted. That's an accepted way to to bring love. And then that way comes into your head. Right. And I'll give you a really great example of this. I grew up with tough love. I grew up with constantly being around people who would give me tough love, who would yell at me, who would, and, and because I became really resilient within that, yes, did I get to those quote unquote results? Yeah, but it came at a cost of hating myself there. I hated myself to so much achievement. <laughs> right? I think so many people get to that point of like, yeah, you got to the achievement, but how did you get there? You, right. I hated myself to that achievement. So, once I kind of even peeled that away, then I realized that I then became the inner voice became a hater, right? I took all yeah. of the people away. I was like, okay, cool. I got to the point where, I, all right, I don't need those people anymore. But then guess who popped up? Because that's the voice that I grew up with. They were like, hey, you suck. And then I had I'm to still learn, here. Right, I'm still here. And like, I had to learn then how to, and I don't even like, I hate positive affirmations. I am not that person that's like, just love yourself. Like that's shut up. Like that doesn't, to me, that <laughs> it doesn't work. I think that could be really cheesy. So like working on like neutral affirmations, like neutral self-talk again, it's not always, Oh my God, I love myself. You're so great, but it's okay to feel this emotion right now. It's okay to go with this wave of emotion right now learning that and, and learning to just be your own cheerleader really does help bring to bring back that structure. Structure is not the attacker. Structure is not the enemy. Structure is actually like the key to more flexibility if you really think about it. But we have to be able to understand that those voices, those voices that we grew up with, those are actually the tough love, all of that. That's really the enemy that's keeping us away from that flexibility and that freedom.
Yes. Wow. And I think, I think what you said that really like I latched onto because, you know, we've had these conversations. We've had this conversation about being entrepreneurs. We were building businesses in a global pandemic. <laughs> like there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of crying and a lot of things, go, a lot of moving and thing, things going on. And I think that like we have both bonded over the fact that sometimes our achievements were just like, boop because we could not appreciate them because we were in like emergency mode survival mode and perfectionism at the same time so these amazing opportunities were coming up you and I met each other at like an opportunity pre-pandemic and like there were so many good things happening but we couldn't stop running on that like treadmill of accomplishment and like next thing bigger thing next thing bigger thing not good enough more 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 and like you can't even value those really 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 cool things that you've been doing and even if they're small things they should be like moments where you're like oh my gosh like I, I took my first sewing class or, oh my gosh, I took my first group fitness like workout in three years. Mm-hmm. And that other voice is like, but you didn't work out the whole time. Like, right, right. Like, that there, there's always that, like the, like you said, the hater in your head that's going to knock you off balance. So learning to reframe that can be so powerful. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times when we think about accomplishments and think about neutrality and, and trying to get there, realizing too that a lot of this delves with perfectionism and we have to look at perfectionism as your brain's way of protecting you. Like whenever I get into this notion of like, I need this to be perfect, I have to step back and be like, my brain, like, oh, my brain's just trying to protect me from like quote unquote, failing or feeling a certain type of way, Mm. right? And when I can look at it like that in a protection mode, because that's what your brain is trying to do. Your brain is just trying to protect you from things. And that's why when you go outside your comfort zone, whether that's starting a new fitness journey or starting a new habit, it feels so uncomfortable because your brain literally signals off, this is different. Different is unsafe. We shouldn't do this. Right? So when we can realize these things and realize that perfectionism is not a happiness habit, you trying to be perfect is not a happiness it's, habit. It definitely is not. It definitely is not. Right? <laughs> perfectionism has caused me more tears than I need. So when we can step back from all of that and really, again, just look at that neutral place, it just brings so much peace and it brings so much peace within that structure because there's no expectation. I love that. That was so beautiful. And I think it's a really important nudge that not only to break up with your perfectionism or to see your perfectionism from this light of like, oh, that's cute, but it's not helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's also something to be said about finding a voice for yourself that you really needed rather Mm -hmm. than the one that you see promoted on Instagram or the way that Lauren's voice is for herself or my voice for myself. I think a lot of people that listen to us do do love our voices in a way, right? But the way you need to talk to yourself really needs to be about you. And it's mm-hmm. okay for it to sound different. It's also okay for you to not push to this, yeah, this end all be all I love myself place. Because y'all, I mean, years of chronic dieting, that's a lot of years of not respecting yourself and not because you were bad, but because you were taught to talk to yourself and to treat yourself in that way. So 
I guess there's also some forgiveness in this, isn't there? A lot of self-forgiveness a for lot the of places that you've been. Yeah. Yep. yep. And and I think, too, like there's this this feeling of – and I feel like this is so rooted in diet culture. It's just like – I saw this TikTok the other day and I stitched it because this girl was like, you know – I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be average. Like my fear of average pushes me to greatness, and I was like, "Let's hold on a second. because to me, like again, that's rooted in perfectionism. That's rooted in this this really horrible place of like my only worthiness is in perfectionism. And when I also realized that, I was always fearful of being average, right? And, and I can bring that into both body image wise, both in school, career, yeah. career mm-hmm. everything. I always had to be above average. But when I realized it's not that it's not that I'm trying to half-ass things or anything like that, but I think when I became okay with average average outcomes that I can start with, oh my God, I want to start something, but I'm not letting the the pusher be perfectionism that I have to be perfect at that thing. It's just, and if the outcome is average, that's fine. I celebrate the fact that I tried it, right? But the root, the goal is not perfectionism and everything. If that means me being average, then okay, fine. I'm a lot happier that way. I've tried a lot more things and that develops me more as a person than me not even trying and trying to be perfect. It just doesn't, oh, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Jack, Jack of all trades. And I, it's, it's worth noting that, perfectionism and white supremacy are just like, you know, shaking hands all day long because what you're describing in this perfectionism and the cycle of perfectionism is that it strips you and robs you of your humanity. You're not able to recognize yourself as a whole complete human being because you're constantly striving to be better than everyone around you and better than yourself. And you'll never find any like, settled contentment or like any place to rest and that keeps you on a treadmill to hell right oh my god absolutely there's nowhere to go and so i think that that's like when we start treating it like again when we baby it like you suggested like oh that's funny like it will allow us to start. I, I made the joke about my sewing class, but like I like me trying new things is like very, very, very hard because yeah. I don't like diving in. I think that that could be said about everybody mm-hmm. like, right here, right now. But like <laughs> diving, Maria's like, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. I'm, I'm really good at being nice to myself. Stop, Lauren. <laughs> um, but like, I think that we, we're all like fighting that we're all fighting that. And I think that showing up and being a little silly and being a little bad at something, if you want to throw out like that label of like, not good, not the best, um, is the antidote to those years and years of living under perfectionism. The antidote is showing up and not being the best person in sewing class. I showed up with the best person in sewing class and it wasn't me, it was Scott. Um, (laughs) So like, and he like, you know, was able to get through it, but he has this like personality that allows him to just like do things. And I don't know if that's because he's an artist. So he's, his point of view is like very different, but yeah, it's like so different from all of us where we're just like, 
go, 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 metal, gold coin, like all the other things. That we, yeah, like ding, 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 ding. And all the numbers keep racking up and we're still, we're still running. We're, there's always more. Yeah. Yeah, Nikki used the the word average a lot, and you were quoting this person who was like, "I don't want to be average," and I think it ties into what Lauren said, which is like, "Average." Well, whose rules make all of these categories? Who in yeah. society gets to determine what average looks like, what above average looks like? I ask my clients all the time, "Whose idea is that?" Uh, my mom's and then sometimes uh, societies and it's like uh, yeah so if you're having trouble seeing that white supremacy perfectionism bedfellow thing just look to the standards that we even use standards are fine in some capacities right I love a good rubric you can take that from my cold dead teacher hands and there is something so strange when we aren't evaluating what it means to be average like average to what to who like to i'm just obsessed with this idea of what did you say like pride and completion i'm obsessed with it because i think it it makes it really about you and what yeah. you did or attempted to do oh i'm obsessed with it i really yeah, am you're, so you're, grateful that you shared it yeah you learn to value when you learn to value and, and i was saying this um to my to my client the other day and i talk about this a lot about I don't like doing goals. I like doing values. So instead of saying, oh, when January comes, I am going to work out five times a week and I'm going to go to the gym 14 times for three hours. Instead, talk about, talk about, I'm going to value movement, period. And then you get to decide what that looks like. And each month that's going to look different. And I think, again, bringing back flexibility, we look at how can I add that? That adds so much flexibility to your life, flexibility to the outcome. It's not saying, oh, if I don't show up to the gym five times a week, I'm a loser. Because that's where, right. people, mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. people get off. I hate using the word term like get off track. But like life happens. You know what I mean? Life happens. Again, you're not going to be perfect at all. So yeah, it turns start- people It turns people off when we do yeah. that, that five days a week. Yeah, and we, like, yeah it, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So like if you learn to value completion over perfection, you're going to notice that not only are you actually going to end up doing more things that you actually love, but you going back to what we were just talking about, you're going to end up respecting yourself more. And that's how you actually build self-confidence is by completing, is by completing. Oh, I'm going to value completion instead of perfection amazing. I'm not asking you to be the best at this. I'm just asking you to try. Great. Right. 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 It reminds me of, um, of the habit I see in movement and you all will be able to think of an example of this. Um, a friend and I tested after a six week deadlift, deadlift cycle, we tested our deadlifts yesterday and we both did this really horrific behavior where we recorded our lifts because we've been tracking our form. Form isn't everything, but certainly as it gets really heavy, you want to have good form. And we both hit numbers we never expected for our bodies and the amount of training we had done. We like really felt like, oh my gosh, we exceeded our expectations. And having realistic expectations with movement is vital to your safety. And uh, my friend looked at hers and she was, well, I don't even know if I'm going to count that because, you know, my hips are li- aren't, aren't low enough. And then I looked at mine and I was like, I don't know what's happening to my leg and that's probably like maybe an issue. So maybe I should. It didn't happen when I did 15 pounds lighter. So maybe I shouldn't track that as a win. And 
we both hulked this weight off of the floor with our freaking hands and our legs driving into the floor. Who are we to discount the completion, right? Because of the standards and the rules and the et cetera. Um, and I am curious, do you see that in your workplace where people like do the thing and then they immediately have this habit of like, mm-mm, discount, discount, oh, yeah. not accurate. All the time. I mean, I think that's why so many... I think that's why imposter syndrome comes up so much within the there workplace. It is. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? Because we're so we try something, quote unquote, and then if it doesn't come out the way that your manager wants it or that come out the way that you want it to be, all of a sudden it's discounted. And I think that's why a lot of a lot of specifically women don't step into those leadership roles because we're focused. We we have. It, but I want to say this though, we have to be perfect because I feel like, I feel like that's what corporate America really pushes, um, is that perfection. And even so, it's still not enough. So I think there's a lot Correct. of there's a lot of space in that, right? I want to make sure that I said there's a lot of space. Yeah, mixed messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of space. I want to acknowledge that. But just for the conversation, I think that that's where really imposter syndrome comes from. And I don't even think that imposter syndrome really comes from within. I think it comes from the outside. I think it's what other people are saying that causes you to kind of step back and be like, oh, well, okay, right. Well, my manager said that. So you know what? Like I'm not... Because again, like we said before, with the brain, right? Your brain's trying to keep you safe. So when you try something new, especially at work, maybe you do a presentation and it, you're, you didn't get the feedback that you wanted, you're now like, I don't want to go through that place of uncomfort, like being uncomfortable like that again. So I'm not going to try oh, that wow. again right. because I'm so uncomfortable. But Me at like seven doing soccer tryouts. Right. <laughs> literally same. Literally same. Right. I was like going between, between the cones and I'm like, absolutely not. This is <laughs> not going to be for me. <laughs> but I think there's something to be said too of like even learning when to quit. Right. I think this is a big takeaway too. Like learning to love quitting and learning when to walk away is probably one of the biggest muscles that I flex now. Is like, "Mm, yeah, no, I I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. And I think we have such a bad viewpoint in, in quitting, but I think learning when to quit instead of learning when to stick it out is really mm-hmm. important to do. And again, like when you look at perfectionism, people would be like, what do you mean you're you're quitting? But I think quitting is the best way to complete something. That's still completing something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. You're still completing Correct. something. So I, I think three takeaways from that is learning to find the value in being uncomfortable. Actually, let me rephrase that. There's no danger in certain aspects of feeling uncomfortable. When you tell yourself, I'm safe in this, I got me, cool, great. And I think also just learning how to step away when the time is ready to step away. And that is not, I don't even, I, I think reframing quitting to completion. Completion on your terms is a great right. way to put quitting. Yeah, I tell Scott all the time, let go or be dragged because he <laughs> has trouble mm-hmm. letting go. And I'm like, you're holding on, but it's not a good look, you know? Like, you either have yes. to let it go or you're getting dragged behind the machine that is pulling you. Like, yeah. you're not, you know? So, like, that that quit might not feel great immediately, but knowing right. that it's, like you said, on your terms. Yeah. And you didn't allow yourself to continue to be dragged because sometimes we are, like, on it and we're getting dragged and we're like, I 
I should have let go a couple miles yeah. ago, but it's not too late. No, <laughs> like, it's not too late. It's never too late. We talk about this. We talk about this all the time, right? Like we both really empower our clients. Like if they walk in, and I think you put this in your story the other day. Someone took a kickboxing class and then decided to to leave because they were like, nah. right? Like, see ya. I think to me, that's a win of completion, right? That's quitting successfully mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, again. Like, if something's not right for you, see ya. Like, have a great day. Right. Like, you got what you needed. Like, you're not doing it for the other people in the class. You're right. not doing it for the other people, like, right. around you. You're doing it for yourself, and therefore, mm-hmm. goodbye. Like, yeah. I know we're 15 minutes into class, but this is no longer for me. I yeah. gotta go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I have got to go. Those were such amazing <laughs> things to talk about. I, why, why are you laughing, Maria? I just it thinking just, about leaving. I'm thinking about leaving. Yeah, <laughs> thinking about like just the beauty of it all. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it really is. And I like I I'm like a big fan of like encouraging my friends to quit things. Maria will know. Um, yes, them, that's but, like, right. That's right. I've been I've been like you know how the the Gen Z get the label of like you know they just quit when things when things start happening. I'm like yeah I'm like a I'm like a Gen Z in that way where I was just like. I don't like this job anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I did like, that my entire I gotta go. Life. My my resume. Oh, yeah. when I started working when I was like 14. You know how many jobs I pieced out on? I was like, nah, this isn't for me. <laughs> Just see ya. Like it's absolutely. It's gotta be. It's gotta be bye. Yeah, it's a no for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I just, I love, I love that we could bring this into so many aspects of our life where this is not like, this is your life, right? You can apply these to different parts of you that make you a whole to figure out what's, what's working, what's serving you. I'm air quotes because like, you know, sometimes we have to do things that are not necessarily our favorite because we're grown ups and we're participating in society and we need to feed ourselves. And there are areas of our lives where things uh, stressing over certain things are not good for us. They're not, right. they're not it anymore. They're just not it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's okay. To unsubs- anymore. Yeah. It's so okay to unsubscribe from that. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. We're, we're, we're done doing that. I, I loved talking about this with you. How can people find you, Nikki? How do they find you? How do they work with you? How are you working with people out there? Tell yeah. us all. So you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Nikki Pebbles. Um, if you're looking for more movement practices, um, you can find my virtual online gym at rockyourbodyonline.com. And then come February or March, I am actually launching um, some psychology-based apps that are going to focus on like burnout and safe, safe movement practices that are more focused on mental health. Um, so that should be coming in February and March. And then I have two programs that are more like one-on-one, like mental performance coaching that if you're looking to kind of just have someone on your shoulder, gently helping you kind of reorganize these goals, I'm your girl. So, oh my gosh, give <laughs> me the fuck up. <laughs> I'm, Maria's so like, I'm booking. Yeah. I'm She's booking. like, I'm booking, let's go. <laughs> I'm in line. You don't have to give me a gold star because we just talked about not doing that. But um, yeah. Oh, I'm on the wait list. Yes. I'm super pumped that we could have you today. I think our listeners um, are probably going to come back and listen to this episode quite a few times. Uh, Just really so much that you offered. And I'm thrilled that there are so many places that we can also 
find you, consult with you, etc. So thank tons you. And tons and tons of resources out there from Nikki. She is nonstop. She is putting out the content on TikTok, on Instagram, and you absolutely should work with her if that is something that you are considering, because I really think that you have such a powerful spirit and you're so fun that like, who doesn't want to have a little fun while they're building some structure in their life, you know? Right. It's, the Gemini, it's the Gemini rising in me, you know? It's that, that's where the fun yeah. comes from. <laughs> Just all, all the air sign rising here. Thank right. you so much, Nikki, for being our guest on Rest Day. Yay! Yay! Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Nikki. Y'all, we are just so blessed to have had Nikki today. We know that you are so going to love this episode. Come back to it, listen to it anytime. And we are certain you're going to go find Nikki wherever her content is located. That feels good for you. In the spirit of rest days, we ask that you, you know, go forward, enjoy your time, make space for yourself, just like Nikki said, to maybe just complete a few things or hell, maybe quit. <laughs> why don't, why don't y'all just quit? That would also be okay. As you know, you can always find rest days wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me at vitamin underscore re and Lauren at Lauren Lavelle Fitness on TikTok and Instagram. We are so thrilled that we had another fantastic episode of Rest Days and our very first guest. We can't wait to hear about it. Let us know by giving us some feedback, a five-star review. All that stuff really helps. And until next time, bye. Bye. Bye.